sure everything's working. Can't make things happen in the morning. Make things happen, right? Last minute's always the minute, right? Where are you at? Turn this thing down and get going. Good, good morning. Welcome to your Monday morning cup of cyber. As always, I'm Jim with Cyber Recon. Bunch of stuff on the docket today. All kinds of news going on. All kind of news. Um, we talked about F5 before. Uh, big IP. We talked about the attacks. And now the FBI is saying those attacks are coming. The, the attacks are, are almost underway. Um, actually they're underway and, and they're saying who did it. So we'll talk about that this morning. If you're running Docker, I know a lot of people are running Docker. Docker is, is great. And we're going to talk about, uh, Docky, uh, and how people are trying to go after your Linux boxes now. Um, that's, you know, it, it's always that a step ahead. We make a step, they make a step. So we get ahead on securing things. The bad guy, the hacker gets ahead on how to how to break those things how to break them and it's so much easier to break than it is to secure it's just that's that's the way of the world right um so that's going on um you're not going to be surprised that if you can't exploit a mac os you can exploit office and you can get to mac we'll talk about that um and we'll talk about the government has built a new cybersecurity career tool and i i'm kind of up in the air we're going to take a look at it this morning because uh, I want to get your opinion. What you guys think of this tool? Is this tool worth it? Is it is it any good? Uh, is there anything going on with this thing? Um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I got so many, so many screens to watch. So many to make sure your chats, your words, your 
views, your perception, your inputs coming through to the channel. I want to make sure that if, if you are here live in the morning, if you're checking things out live, you're able to get your point across. Um, yeah, Alex going for coffee this morning. And again, it's the, the chats, the chats are not coming through and I don't know why. Uh, good. I can't type this morning. All right. Why, why are the chats not coming through? Restream, I think, you know, is, is the, uh, I always think that's the culprit. I always think it's restream because that seems to be where the break is. I don't even get the, the restream to their chat bot. Uh, their chat relay thing doesn't even show the streams, the, the chats. But I can see them over there. I can see what you guys are saying. I'll pass it along. JJ saying good morning all. Mike Bravo saying hey, hey. Um, I'll keep track of both that and I'll keep track of the restream. Uh, I don't even see the restream. The restream chats are just broken. So I guess... Um, yeah, we'll be looking at. We'll be watching the YouTube chats. I don't. I don't know why. Let me see something. Yeah, it's just. It's just not. It's not hooking up. It's not connecting. It's not. It's not doing what it's supposed to do. That's not going to keep us from doing what we need to do. It's not going to keep us. It's not going to keep us down, man. We're going to keep rolling on. Um, I see you got there. Uh, <laughs> Sam Ross, nice catching up with you, sir. Uh, it's always good seeing you guys in the morning. There is so much going on. It's a Monday. We know that Monday is full of all kinds of, of, of stuff, all kinds of things going on on Monday. So if you're out there, if you're out there on Twitch and Facebook, I, uh, unfortunately the, I'll try to keep an eye on the chat, but I don't, I just don't see the chats very well. And I, I blame Restream. I'll get on, the, I'll get on the line with them one more time today. I'll see if they can fix it. I'll see if they can fix the chat. Everybody else I talk to says they don't have problems in the chats. Uh, we do. We have these issues. Um, it seems like there's always issues with the chat. So if you don't know, if you're new here, if you've never been here before, this is Cup of Cyber. Uh, every day, every weekday, I should say, every weekday we look at the cyber news of the day. We hit pull. We call the top events. We bring them to the forefront. We talk about them in a live interactive forum where you guys can throw your chat back at me and we'll talk about them. Um, we do this every morning, 7.30 East Coast time here in the USA. Um, if you're somewhere else, if you're you're, you're somewhere in, across the United States or somewhere around the world, adjust the time as normal or watch it later in the day. That's obviously how we go. If you have not watched it on YouTube, YouTube is the preferred channel because that's where I can see your chats best. I know I can see the chats off of YouTube. Um, if you haven't subscribed, obviously this is the advertising part. Hit the button, subscribe to the channel, like the video, share with your friends, hit the bell to be notified all the thing the YouTubers say, because um, that's what we need. That's what we need the, the you need need uh, folks to share, share the news, I guess, so we can share the news. Uh, with that, let's jump the intro and we'll talk about the news. That's the intro. That's as much as you're getting of the intro. Um, yeah, there's. Uh, we talked about this. We talked about. We talked about the problems in the F5 networking, the big IP stack, the 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 devices they have out there. We knew there's vulnerabilities in there. We knew there were problems. Um, I ran cyber operators. Uh, it's funny. They're 
I, I, the, the APT names always make me laugh a little bit. So this is, uh, there's a group associated with the Iranian government that's been detected attacking U.S. private and government sector uh, devices, their big IP devices. Um, and this is, this, is, this is the tip of the spear, so to speak, for the Iranian cyber forces, the cyber attack groups. And we talk about the other ones. We talk about APT-33 every once in a while, uh, Shamoon, but we all, always seem to be talking about APT-34, which is called Oil Rig, is their, their, their kind of normal name. Um, but this one, the tip of the spear, and I don't, I don't think they have an, an APT uh, yet. I didn't see one associated with them. But they're calling they're calling this this group fox kitten or parasite. Um, yeah, it, it, the names always are funny. So fox kitten or parasite, these are the folks that are going after uh, these F five devices, these big IP devices. And it's it's funny that the way that we've seen cyber attacks progress over time is really how we see a normal a normal transition into at least in the apt world into what we normally see in like traditional military operations we see things uh like they, they're talking about this fox kitten or parasite they do they're they're the advanced folks they're the folks that go in first they're the the beachhead folks they're the they're they're the they're the rangers they're the seals they're the paratroopers they're the um I don't know, the force recon guys recondo guys um they're the guys that go in first and establish the beachhead. They're the ones that exploit the systems, and then they bring in the other folks later. Now, the other folks, obviously, like a normal military operation, the other units can do uh, attacks as well. But these folks are very organized where this group comes in first. It does the advanced attacks. It gets the back door set up. It gets the, the cyber landscape prepped for the rest of the folks to come in so these guys will go in and they'll attack something like we're seeing here they'll attack these f5 these big ip devices and then they will leave the back doors for the other units to come in for apt uh, 33 or 34 to come in uh shamoon or oil rig to come in later and continue the exploit to do the the persistence on the on the network um so we, we see uh, this going on, and the FBI notification sent out to the private sector. And this is a, an article by ZDNet. And as you, if you know, you're, you can check the show notes below. They, I've always got information on the show in the show notes. So the FBI, this is from the, the, the article, FBI notification sent out to the U.S. private sector last week says, the group still targets these vulnerabilities, but Fox Kitten also upgraded its attack to include CVE-2020, 5902, a vulnerability discovered early July that attacks uh, or impacts Big IP, a very popular multi-purpose network device manufactured by F5 devices. So um, the, the, the article or the FBI report doesn't call out the, the group by its public name, but it re references past attacks against Pulse Secure VPN and Citrix gateways, and also warns companies that once the attackers gain access to the networks, they're very, li very likely to produce, uh, provide access to other Iranian groups or monetize networks uh, that aren't useful for espionage uh, by deploying, deploying ransomware. So, they, they, you know, they're going to go in, they're going to snoop around, they're going to see what's there, 
Um, if it's something that's useful for the, well, we're going to say, it looks like if there's something useful for the Iranian government, then they'll hand it off to one of the APC groups. If it's not useful to the Iranian government, then they'll uh, deploy ransomware to make some money off of the site. Um, Paul, good morning. Paul, good to see you. Uh, again, chats are broken this morning because of, I again, thinking restream. Uh, clandestine operations. Yeah, Mike Bravo, you're exactly right. Um, the FBI puts out put out a uh, an official notice following sex. Six, eh, hold on, a little illy coffee for me. There we go. Following the successful compromise of the VPN server, the actors obtained legitimate credentials and established persistence on the server through web shells. The actors conduct internal reconnaissance post exploitation using tools such as Nmap and angry IP scanners. Uh, the attackers deploy Mimikatz to capture credentials while on the network and Juicy Potato for privilege escalation. Uh, the actors create new users while on the network, and the FBI observed one account known to be created by the actors, and this is SQ SQL admin with a dollar sign at the end. Um, the actors use several applications for command and control, C2, while exploiting the Vic, net Vic networks, including Chisel, Angrok, Plink, SSHnet. Um, when tracking the suspected, suspected C2 activity, the FBI uh, advises that C2, or command and control activity, with NGROC may be with an external infrastructure associated with NGROC. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, multiple, multi, the article concludes saying multiple hacker groups began exploiting this bug within two days after the details it of the proof of concept exploit became public, um, and in recent week, uh, in recent weeks, an exploit for big IP bug has been spotted uh, as part of the Madari-based DDoS botnet. So, obviously, why they're doing them? First, we knew angry. Uh, we angry. First, we knew big IP was going to be a problem with this exploit, with with proof of concept being out there to start with. Um, why are these guys doing it? Well, it's it's obvious why these guys are doing it. They're they're part of an APT group. They're part of um, you know, according to the FBI, they're part of the Iranian cyber uh, forces. So they're gonna their job is to go in there and, and establish these these footholds and determine do some reconnaissance, right? And we see that the reconnaissance is they're gonna go in, they're gonna look around, they're gonna see what uh, is useful on the website, what things can be used on that website, or that site, I should say, it's not a website, what is useful on that network, um, and determine what to do with the network. So uh, do they stay there, establish the beachhead, bring in the, the other APTs, uh, maybe oil rig to come in and do some work, um, or is there nothing there for these uh, this attack group to do other than monetize the network? And that's, that's through maybe installing ransomware where they're gonna get money, uh, for uh, decrypting the files that they encrypt. Maybe it's uh, using it for uh, another exploit. Maybe they're gonna use it for Bitcoin mining or, or cryptocurrency mining, or maybe they're gonna use it to attack another network to leverage off and go somewhere else. Um, so that's why they're doing it. Obviously the defense for this thing is um, keep your stuff secure, right? Uh, update, patch as you need it, as often as you can. Um, Train your users, 
have defense in depth and diversity of defense. That means we have to have those rings of defense to, to protect us uh, and have your thing, have your, have your defenses up looking for attack. So have your, your snort boxes, your IDSs, your IPSs looking for traits of these attacks. Um, but again, this is state sponsored stuff. We're seeing state sponsored stuff. Um, this is, this is the, according to the researchers, they're calling this the spear tip for the Iranian forces. So, uh, when we see this, when we see, um, you know, this fox kitten, um, that's that's the that's kind of the, the best of the best that the Iranians have. So uh, it's going to be hard to defend against it. So the best thing we can do is is training and normal hygiene on our networks, antivirus, uh, anti malware, patches and and updates in place, uh, diversity of defense and defense in depth. That's what we need to do to protect against this stuff. So when we go out there and fight the good fight today, when we're going out and securing our networks, we're taking care of our friends, family, coworkers, and the organizations we service. Um, that's what we want to do. We want to keep these things all secure. Um, I didn't, didn't notice that there's no logo there. We can throw that thing up there a second. That's the FBI that's putting this info out for you guys. Um, that's, that's what's going on. There's more to read. You can always check out more in the show notes in the, in the link to the article below. That's always a good place to go check it out. Um, looking over here, checking the chat, making sure we're good um yeah to make <laughs> yeah the Iranians might be trying to make up for Stuxnet we know kind of the history history behind that um it may be yeah definitely not getting the, the bang for the buck that Stuxnet got I don't think so this is from Cyware Social we like Cyware Social that's a good they always put out nice concise stories I like that a new hacker for hire threat hackers <laughs> Threat attacker has been unearthed by security researchers. So there's a new hacker for hire mercenary group dubbed the Decepticons group. And it's not really new because we talked about the Decepticons about a week or two ago. Um, the group has been identified that appears to have been active for almost a decade. Uh, according to Kapersky researchers, the primary of the, the this group is law firms and fintech or financial technology uh, companies. Groups in stealing business and financial secrets from organizations located across Europe, as well as the Middle East, in countries like Israel, Jordan, Egypt. And the researchers disclose the group has been leveraging spear phishing campaigns, we know social engineering, uh, to actively target some European law firms in 2019. Um, that's kind of their, mo their, their MO, their modus operandi. Um, Good Morgan, David Gonzalez. Good Morgan. Uh, v. Gates, as they say, off in Deutschland. Uh, I'm really stretching my non-drinking German. My German's much, obviously much better when I'm drinking, because that's, that's how you learn German, when you're drinking a big beer. Um, so, uh, the group has been described as a clever threat actor using social engineering techniques rather than some of the sophisticated malware. Really what they're saying is they're more social engineers than there are technology attacks, but they have been using zero-day exploits uh, to set up uh, persistence methods and to make their way inside of targeted networks, which is kind of a misnomer there. Um, you, I guess they're, they're doing both. They're doing, the, the lead-in makes it sound like they're not using technical attacks, they're just using social engineering, but they're using zero-day, so maybe they're, they're well, they got to get zero-day somewhere. Um, but that's what they're blowing through their, 
social engineering their spear phishing campaign. Uh, several of his attacks use spear, spear phishing email, uh, which delivers a malicious link file or LMK file on the targeted system, which eventually runs a PowerShell backdoor Trojan. Um, so, you know, they, they talk more about Decepticon Group is not the only hacker for hire mercenary group. It's been around for some, uh, with some contrasting similarities and differences between the similar group Dark Basin. Um, the Dark Basin group was found working on hacker for hire basis, targeting, targeting journalists, elected politician, uh, senior government officials, multiple industries across six continents. Um, kind of finishing up the article, they say the Decepticons are primarily targeting Europe and the Middle East, um, but they're also, if you're a lawyer that's, that's involved or a law firm that's involved in mitigation, um, in financial services across countries, um, then they can come after you too. And this includes the US, the UK, Israel, France, Belgium, Norway, Switzerland, Iceland, Kenya, and Nigeria. They're going, they're, they are a full service hacking firm. Um, the bottom line from Cywar, um, the commercialization of malicious hacking services is concern, a concerning trend for organizations globally and has made it easy for entities with hostile intentions to exploit their targets and cause operational and financial and reputational harm. Um, yeah, that's that's it exactly, right? So these guys are just they're, they're cyber mercenaries, right? So cyber mercenaries, we talk about two of them here, um, Decepticons and Dark Basin. Um, there's plenty more out there. So what they've done is they're not going to go out and they're not doing anything for their own, you know, they're not they're not going to their cause. They're not an APT like we just talked about, oil rig um, or fox kitten. They're not doing it for an ideological purpose. Um, they're they're not they're not doing it for a targeted reason. They're just, they're just doing it for pure pure monetary gain. So they're offering their services to the highest bidder to go out and do what that bidder wants them to do. So they really don't care who they're going against. So again, we're, we, we've got spear phishing here is one of their one of their main targets, one of their main gateways into the networks is spear phishing, and we know the biggest defense against spear phishing is education. End user education is what we have to do. So again, if we're taking care of our friends, family, coworkers, our organization, we have to push education, end user education, so they know not to click that link. And the that spear phishing attacks are getting better and better and better. So we know we have to defend against them. Uh, in more extreme ways. Um, the other things we can do is our network hygiene. We always talk about uh, patching systems, um, defense in depth, diversity of defense, updating systems, making sure we have uh, updated malware protection in place and is current. That's what we've got to do. That's how we protect against some of these things. So hackers for hire out there. It's, it's definitely uh, the trend we have to watch out for. Um, and it's growing as as always. All these things are going. Um, if you use Docker, so many people are using Docker's, and Docker's just a virtualization layer on top of a server that allows us to to compartmentalize an application. So it's almost it's like running a virtual machine, right? It's like, but we're just running a virtual machine to contain only an application. So it is really effective. So uh, we could virtualize servers. So we use something like VMware, we virtualize servers, and then top, on top of those virtualized servers, we can run Docker containers 
And those containers can be different applications that are isolated from each other. So um, this is, our, again, Cyware, Cyware Social. Um, their, lead, their story leads off, Linux offers great applications for personal and small business financial management, making it a widely used OS, which means uh, notorious network infiltrators um, have their prying eyes on it. In one of the longest ongoing campaigns, hackers have designed a new tools and techniques specifically to tamper with Linux infrastructure. So we talked about Ngrok just a minute ago. Uh, Ngrok mining botnet campaigns with Docker malware. Um, so in July, researchers detected an attack that involved a completely undetected Linux malware and previously undocumented technique using blockchain wallets for generating command and control domain names. Uh, an active Ngrok mining botnet campaign active for at least two years has been, doc has been targeting exposed Docker servers in AWS, Azure, and other cloud platforms. Um, the campaign is also deploying fully undetected backdoor uh, named Docky. A multi-thread Docky malware is different from the standard crypto miners uh, typically deployed in this attack. The campaign is primarily focused on taking control over misconfigured servers and exploiting them to set up their own malicious containers with crypto miners running on the victim's infrastructure. Um, obviously, that's telling us right up front what we can do to prevent, prevent this is, um, you know, we configure the containers securely. And there's the, the Center for Internet Security has a, um, a profile, a baseline, a benchmark, they call them, uh, to tell us how to build our Docker containers. Um, Linux has it as well. We can we know how we know how to secure the container. We just don't do it right. We have to do it. We have to push the IT folks to secure their systems. And sometimes that's a challenge. We know that's a challenge to get the IT folks to secure stuff um, because their end goal is to get up and running, to get the services working, to make things happen, to get infrastructure up and running. Our job and the security side, the risk side, the cyber side is to make sure that those things are running securely so that we don't have these problems. So can you imagine pushing out a bunch of a bunch of Amazon servers running Docker containers that get exploited and they just become uh, crypto miner servers? Um, and we don't even know about it. That's the worst part about this. So malware capabilities, according to the article, uh, Docky malware has managed to stay undetected for over six months from any of the 60 malware detection engines in virus total in spite of it first being observed in January 2020. The malware uses scanning tools such as ZMAP, ZGRAP, uh, JQ to scan the network for ports associated with Redis, Docker, SSH, and HTTP in compromised systems. Um, then they dy dynamically generate the C2 domain in real time. Docky uses the Dyn DNS service uh, and a unique domain generation logarithm, or DGA, based on Dogecoin cryptocurrency blockchain. Um, the closing lines from the article, uh, the bottom line is that cyber criminals are continuously involving their techniques to evade detection and propagate their attack campaigns through innovative command and control channels. Uh, the malicious blockchain technology and docky malware is yet another technique of this kind that make it hard for security teams to detect it with relevant analysis and intelligence insights. Security teams can devise innovative methods to thwart such threats. 
So really we're talking about, you know, why they're doing this. The why of the attack is to get the crypto crypto mining uh, botnet set up on someone else's infrastructure, right? So they want to get the money from the crypto mining, they being the attacker, want to get the money from the crypto mining, but they don't want to pay for the server. So they want to find people that have misconfigured Docker containers or Docker servers uh, out there. So Linux servers with the Docker service running on them that's been configured poorly that they can exploit. And once they exploit it, they can install their, their malware on it. And then they can begin making cryptocurrency to make money. So it looks like the biggest defense against this thing is securely deploying Docker containers. So again, go out, I think on CIS, even if you don't have a Center for Internet Security account, uh, you're not paying for it, you can still go out and get the benchmarks. You don't get all the cool tools like the cat tool and all that stuff, but you can go out and get the benchmarks and secure your Docker container. So obviously this is probably not something most people are using at home. So your friends and family are probably not uh, exposed to this threat, but your coworkers and your organization could certainly be exposed to the Docker threat, this Docky malware. Um, and again, we know it's, if you're not keeping your malware updated, you're probably not going to pick this thing up because for the last six months, malware scanners have not picked it up. Um, hopefully everything's being updated now so they'll see it and they'll notify you that you've been exploited, um, but then you've got to get cleanup. So it's better to, that, that, um, that ounce of prevention is always better than that pound of cure. So upfront, we need to put our defenses in place, right? So uh, conf uh, deploy your systems, all systems with secu secure configurations. I don't care what you call them, baselines, benchmarks, uh, the profiles, whatever you call your systems that are securely set up, that's that's how we want to do it. We want to have a secure setup for our configurations, right? And that's that's number one. Uh, and then uh, network hygiene, uh, defense in depth, diversity of defense, all of those good things um, that are going to provide protection for this. Um, in this case, we're, we're talking about education too, but in this case, we want to educate our admins, educate the IT folks that are building this. And that's why, you know, when when the folks uh, at like NIST uh, and, and NICE, when they talk about, um, you know, the different types of training, you, you want to have training specific for server admins. You want to have training specific for your cybersecurity professionals. You want to have specific training for your normal end users. You want to have different types of training so that different folks can be educated. Uh, same thing for your developers, the folks building code. Make sure they're trained. So that's how we can have, um, you know, different types of protections, the technical protections, the administrative protections, and things like training that provide uh, a level of, of operational organizational protections as things are being built. So we, we got to have that stuff. We just, we got to, got to have it, got to, got to have it, man. Uh, so that's Docker. Um, Apple's in the news. Uh, this is from uh, is this Black Hat. Yeah, this Black Hat speaker was talking about, and I'm, I'm going to kind of cut to the chase of this one. Um, macros, macros run in Microsoft Office. Um, normally, the macros are set up to exploit uh, Microsoft Windows system, but we know they can be set up to... Uh, attack other systems, right? So there is the ability to set up macros in Office that can attack the Mac OS. 
Um, and and he goes on. And who is this? The uh, the speaker here. Um, Peter Colleen and Stan Heggett found ways to include uh, is syslink uh, files and XML code that makes macros execute whether or not they're invoked or allowed. They'll still run within the sandbox. Ward showed that it's possible to create files through the macro, files that can be placed outside of the macro and can be built to execute on the system at boot time. That combination is the key to persistence and the golden ticket that hackers, attackers pursue in any campaign. Um, says they, they normally they normally have to have two things that happen, right? They have to have, someone has to download a, a file with the macro in it. And then when they execute the macro, they have to allow that macro to be executed. So that's end user. So again, end user education is the big one here. You're gonna, I guess this is the, the trend of Monday is just talking about end user education. Um, so that's one of the things we gotta do. We gotta educate the end users. Um, and then this this thing is being able to run outside of the, the macro. So it can be run outside of the normal sandbox. Um, so what kind of file can it be can fit this twin bill of those two things? Uh, Ward found the zip file downloaded dropped within the proper subdirectory will be invoked automatically. While the latest Mac OS endpoint security framework should detect such a file's creation, Ward said that there's room for research there. So again, we do get a lot around this, this article. Um, again, we think about the macro. Two things we gotta do, we gotta get the end user as an attacker. We've gotta get the end user to download the file with the macro in it. Then when the macro runs, we have to get them to accept the macro running. So they, these folks say that there's the ability to get by that second part uh, if we code the macro precisely and drop it in a precise directory. Um, and to get an, a Mac, this to work on a Mac, we're gonna have to um, make sure that it's not updated to the latest Mac OS because that should detect this file be put, being put in the wrong place. Um, so that tells us a couple things right there. End user training, uh, you get these files with macros in them, don't run them. Um, and upgrading and, and patching our systems on a regular and consistent, consistent basis, right? So if we have the latest Mac OS endpoint security framework, this thing's not, you're not gonna be able to put that file in the directory that it needs to be put in so they can run outside of the sandbox and re, relaunch every time the system reboots. Uh, and that's the key to persistence in here. So we can thwart this thing, but the point of the article is we always have to be on defense. We always have to have these protections in place. And I've talked about this plenty of times. If you're running Linux, if you're running Mac, you still have to have some type of malware protection. A lot of folks don't think they have to, but this is another example of why you do. You just, we should be doing this. It's normal hygiene, along with everything else. Uh, end user training, um, diversity and defense in depth, that's all good stuff. So um, why would someone do this? Obviously they would do this to try to exploit the, net, the system so that they can maybe pivot and exploit the, the network, or maybe it's to get uh, specific information off of the, the system that they're attacking. Um, we've got protections in place, so we, we want to protect against this kind of stuff. Um, and then our last last news story of the day um, is my, my favorite organization with my least favorite name, CISA. Um, so the US government launches a cyber career path tool. Um, 
U.S. cybersecurity infrastructure, <laughs> cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency, or CISA, this week announced the availability of a free tool designed to help users identify and navigate potential career paths in cyber. Um, and this is from Security Week. Um, the new Cyber Career Pathways tool, and they provide a link to it, and I'll give you that link as well, focus on five workforce categories, IT, cybersecurity, cyber effects, which is defensive and op offensive cyber capabilities, cyber intelligence, and cross-functional, um, which is IT management, law enforcement, that's thing. There are a total of 52 work roles across these categories. Um, users can select a work role in the tool and will provide them with a description of the job and the task they perform, as well as the knowledge and skills and abilities, KSAs, um, one needs for the job. The Cyber Career Pathways tool also provides a list of the top five related roles based on tax, tasks, knowledge, and skills, um, and uh, abilities to share. Um, so he says more in there. It's, it's just saying the importance of getting this tool out there in people's hands so they can determine the way they want to grow their career. Um, CISA says the tool, which is based on the National Initiative for Cybersecurity Education, or NICE, um, the, their cybersecurity workforce framework has been developed in collaboration with the Internal Federal Cyber Career Pathways Working Group, that's a mouthful, which includes CISA, Defense Department, uh, really, they, that's, it's funny they call it the Defense Department, Department of Defense, um, and Department of Veterans Affairs. Um, JJ says, just like uh, 8570 being replaced by the DOD 8140, which I'll never call it that, JD. I don't know if anybody does. Looks at, looks to be coming together for roles, trainings, and skill sets. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And let's uh, let me get some of the junk off this other screen over here. It should open up just fine and dandy. But if we if we switch over to look at this thing, right? So, wow, I'm, I'm kind of at the bottom of the bottom of the screen here. Look at kind of hold on a second guys why am let's there we go it's a little bit better let's let's do that we'll put me in there so this is this the cyber careers pathways tool uh, i thought i'd bring it up because it, it's not a bad tool um and you see there are five areas here there's it and if we go through each of those they'll kind of the, the image on the bottom changes these are all interactive right uh cyber security cyber effects uh Intel or cyber intel and, and like as you would expect the intelligence you can't you can't even you can't go there You can't get there from here, buddy. You can't get to the intelligence domain. That's kind of dotted out You can't go to it and then the cross-functional area down the bottom uh, brings that stuff up um, So it's kind of cool you go in your cyber effects You can see you know target developer and you can see where they're linked So if you see these links coming off as you go from one to the other um Yeah, Mike, uh, Mike Bravo was saying 8570 will never go away. I always call it 8570 uh, subset. <laughs> um, JJ says, like when people call information security cybersecurity. Uh, yeah, not equal to. Uh, agreed IA for, for that matter too. Yep. Um, so it's kind, of, it's kind of a cool tool. I think it's missing a few things. Like we go into cybersecurity. Um, they do have security control assessor which I think is good. And they've got their links to, you know, 
system security analyst, um, authorizing officials designated rep, and you can't see it down at the bottom there, but uh, vulnerability uh, assessment analysis analyst. Wow, it is Monday, guys. Um, but you can see those things. If, if you actually, but I don't see, I don't see like pen tester. I don't see a lot of um, the 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 normal names I would see. So I guess security control assessors are leading into that will be kind of what they consider to be a pen tester. And if you click on this, click on it, it's going to load. Uh, little details about it. So here's security control assessor. Here's the top five related roles to this task and ability. Um, the OPM of Office of Personnel Management, their ID. Here's the specialty area, risk management. And then we have tasks. Here's a bunch. If you want to get into this job, here's the tasks you need to know. Um, and we start, just let's start at the top here. Um, manage and approve accreditation packages, right? Um, I don't know that I agree with that. This is a security control assessor, a SCA, manage and approve accreditation packages. They really don't have anything to do with the accreditation package other than building the, the uh, security assessment report. Um, so I don't know, I believe in that. I think that ties into, you know, these other tasks, you know, maybe you want to become a SCA and that's going to take you over to being a uh, authorizing official or authorizing official's designated representative. Um, you know, then you wouldn't even, well, you'd approve them. Yeah. Um, Perform security reviews, identify gaps in security architecture, and develop a security risk management plan. Uh, part of that I agree with, right? So um, there's tasks. Um, the knowledge, what you need to know, knowledge of computer networking concepts and protocols, uh, and networking security methodologies, and they're tied to the K, the, the core knowledge, like K001. Um, and I guess these are specific to each job role, because I can't imagine this one getting all of them just in order. Um, so these are A, A's, and C. I don't know what the legend equals. Um, Mike Bravo said, I've uh, banked up against the 8140 uh, for SOC work. Uh, but once I left that for IA, 8140 went out the window. Um, that's great. <laughs> um, skills, obviously skills to conduct vulnerability scans, recognizing vulnerabilities in security systems. And again, um, they're all listed here, and it's going to be like some kind of um, and I'm not sure, I guess this is with a nice framework, this A in the front, or it's a C in the front. Um, I'll have to dig into that a little more for you guys. Um, abilities, um, same thing. Ability to identify, identify system, system, systemic security issues based on the analysis of a vulnerability and configuration data, and then capability indicators. Um, credentials or certifications. Um, Recommended, yes. Uh, doesn't really, it says, uh, this says credentials and certifications, but I don't see any certifications listed here. Uh, it says uh, certifications that address managing and maintaining troubleshooting. It's funny they didn't tie it into um, 8140, now that I got the number in my head. It's funny they didn't tie it into those. Um, those certifications. You think that would be listed here if there's specific certifications that you need for that job role. It's funny they left that out of this thing. Funny it's missing. Um, Mike Bravo was saying supporting Air Force contracts. We seemed uh, more apt to use 8140 to draft job descriptions. JJ saying as I'm preparing to separate and looking at jobs on clearance jobs, I've noticed that uh, across jobs most of the big time 
companies literally, literally copy and paste descriptions. Yeah, I, I know. Um, most of the companies I've worked for will get one or two job descriptions and they just modify that along. Um, they do that smaller eight, eight C companies will do the same, but we'll, <laughs> we'll have worse grammar. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's cut and paste. And, and that's what I'm going to say, especially for you, like folks like you, JJ, that are getting ready to transition, folks that are transitioning into the job, folks that are transitioning, say, out of the, out of the military into this kind of stuff. When you see the job description, if it doesn't, if you don't have all the requirements, and you guys have heard me preach this before, if you don't have all the requirements, apply for it anyways, because just like you guys have said, it's a cut and paste of a job posting that they've used before. They've probably used for 10 years, and the hiring manager is just trying to get that done so they can get a, a job rec posted. The HR folks don't have any idea what's going on. Um, I'm not saying any business in general. I'm saying this is across the board. Um, and you just need to get to the hiring manager. You need to get that interview with the hiring manager so that you can tell them what you know. And that's really what they want. They want somebody that can do the job. And, you know, there's going to be some requirements that they can't waive. Maybe education is one of them. A lot of times they will. If you get to the hiring manager and you can prove that you're going to be a valuable member of the team, most of those requirements can go out the door and they'll bring you in. And you got to fit with the team. You can't be a, an a-hole, right, uh, generally. Uh, JJ says, I'll be going for ISO-ism jobs no matter what they ask for. I, I agree. Uh, excellent. Mike Bravo says, Mike Bravo says, I hope to work with you someday. Yeah, obviously. Uh, yeah, exactly. Don't, don't care what they say. Uh, you say paper was free. You used to have to print your resume and send it in. Now electrons are definitely free. Send your resume everywhere. If you see you see that there's something on there that that you want, um, apply for it. And eh, Sarah, how can you be the only one getting through on chat? Uh, Facebook seems to be the only one getting through. Um, look at this. I can actually put one comment on the screen. Uh, Nikki, those HR for HR folks, uh, hit. Woo. We need to get this to the HR folks so their job posting starts start to make more sense. I don't know. This doesn't... I, I'm on the fence about this thing because it doesn't... Some of the things, you know, like it's got you doing stuff about, you know, that tie into approving accreditation packages. I think it's, I think it's a good concept. I think the concept is awesome. Um, I'd like to see this taken to the next level. Um, I'll be around the block, JJ says. Mike Bravo says... Uh, most gubbies will be willing to waiver for certs, but it depends on the customer. Yeah, and certs is one of those things that are kind of, in the government, it's hard to get by the cert requirement because of 8570 or, uh, I can't remember, the 8140 or whatever the heck. So I've already forgot it. I've already forgot the new one. 8140, uh, 8570 is what I remember. Um, yeah, it's one of those things. You, you, sometimes the certs can be wavered and give you time to get them. That can be maybe the six months to get your, get your cert. Um, Sometimes it can't, right? And the one thing I thought was weird about this site, too, is you'd think you can go back, but you can't go back. You've got to use this little, up here, this clear selection to get you back here. And then you can go back and look at the other jobs. Uh, cross-functional is kind of cool. It's got, you know, IT main IT jobs, cross-functional roles. Um, probably, is it worth checking out? Yeah, I think it's worth checking out. Check it out. See what you guys think of the site. See, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that there can be... Um, Obviously, room for improvement on this thing. Um, yeah, and, and Mike, you're right. Most guys, if you've if you've got the experience, you've got the skill set. Uh, maybe you don't have the education, 
and maybe you don't even have the certification. A lot of times they'll say, you know, get the cert within six months, and then the college they can probably just waive that all all together. Um, so it's it's kind of a cool kind of a cool tool. The concept is good. I think it needs a little bit of work to be honed down, pure, made it made a little more effective. I like that it links to other jobs. So if you I, maybe I want to get this this I want to be a security control assessor, but I can't get there right now. But I can see what jobs link to it, and maybe that could be my path to being a control assessor. And I know that the control assessor becomes can become a penetration tester in the future, um, or maybe I want to be a security engineer. I didn't see that on the list either. There's a bunch of jobs I didn't see on their 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 list, but maybe this is just their minimum viable product. Maybe they just want to get something out there so people can start using it. Um, I like the fact that it's got. KSAs, there's knowledge, skills, uh, and abilities there. So you can actually, if you see the job you want, you can start building your skill set to meet that job. Um, I would say, obviously, temper this thing with a little bit of mentorship. Find a mentor. Find somebody that's going to help you get along. Obviously, the folks in this group are more than willing to help people. Um, you know, as we see people transition, as we see people come into the field, other fields, Everybody that I've ever met in security just wants good people in the field. Um, we don't want dirt bags. We don't want people coming in for the money. So why you come into the field is is important too. Um, you know, if you come into the money, that's one thing. You come in for the money. As long as you're, you know, say that up front. Know you're gonna have to work your butt off to to stay up on top of things because cyber changes, security changes daily, risk changes daily. There's new stuff out every day, and we see that here. Um, if you're coming in for the money, that's probably the wrong reason. You're going to wear yourself out over time. Um, if you're coming because you love this stuff, because you love technology, because you love defending things, because you love protecting environments, because you love doing your part for maybe the bigger, the greater good, that's what the folks that need to be here. Um, you, you're never going to know it all. That's for sure. So that's why we meet every morning. We talk about the cyber news. We talk about why people are doing the things they're doing. We talk about all of these things. Um, because it's important. Um, fills your head with knowledge. And speaking of filling your head with knowledge, right? There's the plug for Trivia Night. It's on Thursday again. I think we're probably going to have to switch back to Wednesday. I think that's the going rate, moving back to Wednesday. But right now, it's this Thursday coming up, uh, the 13th. Um, be live 7 p.m. Dust off your, your trivia, trivia skill set. Um, cybersecurity Trivia Night. 7 p.m. East Coast time, right here on YouTube. Uh, we'll put the link up when it's when it's getting closer because you can't put them too far in advance. Um, 40 questions seems to be the... We did 50 before. I think 40 is the golden number. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we got some stuff. We got some stuff for you this week. We already already go proofing this stuff. We want to see what you know. Uh, trivia night, always a fun time. Grab your beverage of choice. Um, come on out. Uh, we play on Socrative, so you got you got to log into YouTube for the the live feed, and then you log into Socrative, free uh, application for answering the questions. Um, there to be fulfilling blanks this time. Up till now, it's just been multiple choice, multiple guess. This time, there's some fill in the blank. You're gonna have to fill the blanks in. Um, gonna love to see you there. So what do you got going in the chat over here? Uh, Matt saying I'm so late. Yeah, you're late, Matt. Where you been, man? Uh, it's true for any type of security. Yeah, that is. I, I agree. It's true for any type of security. It's you got to stay 
up on it. And that's what Matt's saying. That's true for any type. Uh, don't sing it, bring it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, Mike Bravo. Hopefully you're going to be there Thursday, Mike. I know we missed you the last couple nights. Um, Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time. 40 questions. Uh, multiple choice and fill in the blank this time. Um, we'll take that break, normal break. It's, it's, it's a fun time. It's a fun time to get together. There's prizes, obviously, and they're actually going out now. So, Mike, uh, your stuff's going out. Uh, Ralph, I didn't see you out there, but if you're watching later in the day, your stuff's going out too. But, Ralph, i got to get your address, so we got to figure out how to get your address. So that's what's going on today. That's what's going on in the cyber world. I don't know if I'm missing anything today. Uh, it is Monday, so hopefully you guys have a good day. Oh, I am missing one thing. Um, the RMF videos are going to come out and be coming out. We're going to be on the new schedule uh, I know I saw Alex out there, so the new schedule will be out today. Uh, before the end of the day, the new schedule will be out. Um, we are uh, actually putting a schedule that we can stick to. The last one was a little too aggressive for us. And then the two evening shows are coming back uh, this week. Get into it and uh, Cyber Insider. Um, I want to throw Wheel of Beer back in there. Um, and I want to do Wheel of Beer on Friday, and it'll probably just me and Jimmy. Picking a beer, talking about the beer, and talking about cyber events that happened that week. Um, tell me what you guys think about that. So, obviously, it's one of those things that would uh, be kind of a, a shorter show, maybe 15 minutes to a half hour, talk about cyber events of the week, the big high points, and give, I'll give a rating. We'll give our rating of that beer that we're checking out. So, that's what's coming up this week. All kinds of stuff. Um, Matt saying, met somebody Friday, sent your way. Hopefully starts watching and chatting. I hope so. And I'm going to fix this chat problem. Uh, Security Plus. Yes, uh, Paul, good point. Security Plus video is coming out this week, too. So Security Plus, ITF Plus. Um, we'll start putting the Cloud Plus stuff out. Um, <laughs> let's meet up in person to do Moonshine Cyber Fights. Oh, my <laughs> Mike Bravo. I think... Uh, JRTC comes to mind and the big squared circle out in JRTC or NTC when you got to get that uh, stress off your back. Um, yeah, so that's, that's what's going on. As always, I'm so glad you guys could be here this morning. Um, you got a lot to do today. You got to go out there and secure systems. You got to train your friends, family, and coworkers to do the right thing. Uh, we got organizations to protect. So go out and, as Mike's going to say, go get some. I'm going to say, do the thing you need to do. Protect your friends. Take care of yourselves. As always, I'm going to ask you to like, subscribe. Um, you know, do like Matt did. Share with your friends. We need more people on here talking. Um, go get some and be good. We'll see you guys tomorrow, 7.30 Eastern time, right here. Same place, same time, same place. If you can, watch on YouTube, uh, youtube.com, front slash, Cyber Recon with no dash. No dash in the YouTube title. That gets you on the fastest one and... If we have to drop Restream, uh, we'll still be on YouTube. So, anyways, guys, be safe today. Do the right thing, and oh, we'll see you tomorrow.